Well, that Predators Flames game was sure a hot pile of steaming garbage, wasn't it? UC Saros gets pulled again. Do we need to worry about his recent performance? Plus, thoughts on the Phil Tomasino slew foot, quote unquote, and Philip Forsberg makes the all star team. All topics we'll tackle today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day as always want to start out with a special shout out to our loyal lockdown pred heads out there the everydayers who tune into every single show we love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out i'm nick morton i'm a writer at penalty box radio and i have a partner in crime you do i'm ann kimmel i'm a writer at the hockey news Today's episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Well, yep, that game happened. (laughs) Unfortunately, that game happened. Uh, It was a 6-3 Predators loss to the Calgary Flames in which the Predators never look like they belonged on the same ice. Uh, We had UC Saros getting pulled for the fifth time this season and the third time since December 19th. How much do we need to read into that? Uh, We also had a Phil Tomasino ejection. Yep, Phil Tomasino is a dirty player now, folks. Uh, A slew foot that... Oh, boy. Let's... We'll talk about that that. uh, coming up a little bit. Plus, uh, I guess we have to have some good news because it's Friday. Uh, Philip Forsberg is an all-star. So, yay. Yay. There's there's some good news to discuss uh, at the end of the show. We'll talk about whether Phil deserved it uh, and how he fits in with the rest of the central all-stars. First, though, okay, let's 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 dive in and... (laughs) Uh, Predators take on the Calgary Flames last night. Uh, It did not start good uh, at all. The Flames outshot the Predators uh, 25 to uh, 16 over the course of the first two periods. Uh, For the record, that is more shots on goal uh, in those first two periods. And the Preds gave up the entire game against the Chicago Blackhawks. If that tells you anything... Uh, wild sequence to start the game. Uh, Connor Zary, after a great scramble by UC Saros, finally gets one on the power play. Blake Coleman scored less than a minute later, make it two nothing flames. Philip Forsberg got one back, but then Nazem Kadri scored. Colton Sisson scored uh, to make it uh, three two at the end of the first period, or so we thought, because just a couple minutes later, Rasmus Anderson makes it four two. That's just the end of the first period, folks. Uh, Right at the end, right at the death of the second period after, let's face it, what was a pretty good period for UC Saros? Mm -hmm. Uh, Noah Hannafin scored to make it 5-2. to Michael McCarron, goal of the year. Why not? 
Uh, got one back to make it 5-3, uh, but then Sharon Govich scored uh, to put the game away at 6-3. That is your final score, and your one word to describe that game. I really struggled with this one word, and this time it didn't. It wasn't because I was trying to avoid using food. I mean, this this game and where it falls in the season and how the team performed is very hard to encapsulate in one word. But I, I did the best I could, and so my one word is spray sunscreen. And let me explain. So you know, back in the day, y'all, we had sunscreen that came in a lotion. You know, and you had to kind of rub it all over. And it was it was messy and it was a whole thing. So then they invented spray can sunscreen. And it's more convenient. It's less messy. And, and almost all sunscreens now come in a spray sunscreen because it's you know supposed to be so much better. Here is the, the hitch and the giddy up with spray sunscreen that you might not know the first time you use it. And that is that you don't just spray it and you're done. You spray it and then you have to rub it in because if you just spray it, you're going to end up with like white little blotches where it hit your skin and then a lot of red in between the blotches. Or you're going to miss an entire section down the side of your leg and end up with all kinds of burns. How do I know that? We don't need to talk about that. I'm just saying it's true. That is what this feels like with the Nashville Predators because you know that the Nashville Predators have received the message of how they need to play, especially against teams that are chasing them. You know, the Calgary Flames, you know, they were at 500. Now they're not. You're welcome. Um, they know how they have to play. They hear the words. They can tell you the words. But it's like the sunscreen hasn't rub, been rubbed in. And the Nashville Predators got burned last night because they didn't they're not, it's like they're not translating the words into the on ice performance. And I think there's a lot that goes into why that isn't happening. But for me, it just sort of represents the spray sunscreen. Don't just spray it on. You got to rub that stuff in and cover everything. And I think the Preds just didn't rub it in and cover everything. Clearly. Yes. Uh, as somebody who did not know until quite recently, you had to rub in spray oh. sunscreen. Not like this summer, but in, yeah. in, in, somewhere in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Have we all not done that? I was spent longer than I admit being just the spray guy. Yeah. 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 For me, and my one word is 10th grade history test. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, I wasn't a very good student, but I got away with it in uh, a lot of things. Like I was one of those that like could, I didn't have to do my homework till like the period before and I would still get an A on it. I could like not study for a test and then I would get, um, you know, an A on it. And basically it was just one of those where it's just like, I lucked through my yeah. academic career. Uh, the high school and college diplomas on my wall, they're not a reflection of my work ethic. Um, but then I took AP world history in, um, or honors or whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah. in 10th grade. Uh, and that was the first class in which I actually had to do stuff. And the reason I found that out is because 
Uh, I went and tried to do the old, just ace the tests with just kind of half knowing the knowledge, not study anything. Uh, and that was the first F, the first bomb I'd gotten in my entire life. Because I thought like I can just go out there based on what I already knew, based on logic, based on context clues and sort of ace it. Uh, and I did not do that at all. The Nashville Predators, I think, thought that they were going to go on to home ice. And I thought they were going to ace the test. Yeah, I think they thought it's like we didn't need to study. We didn't need to focus. We're going to go out there. We're just going to play, you know, what we we're just going to go out there, play and, and see what happens and, and get a win over a eh, Calgary Flames team. Right. I think that was the that seemed to be the Predators attitude. Andrew Burnett kind of seemed to think that was the Predators attitude. When you listen to some of his comments post game and it bit the predators in the ass because they got an F for this game. Uh, they weren't focused. A lot of those goals, especially in the first period uh, were the result of them trying to, you know, do something super fancy in the offensive zone, causing a turnover that led to an odd man rush the last three goals in the uh, that Saros allowed were all direct results of turnovers in the offensive zone, leading to an odd man rush. Uh, and I think the Predators, <clears throat> Andrew Burnett said it best. It's like they weren't prepared to play this game, and they should have been because they've had this conversation about not being prepared to play before. Yeah. Yeah, in the post game, one of the questions was, do you feel like this game is a wake-up call? And Andrew Burnett was like, We've had the wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. and, and it's true. If you look at some of the games, even the games the Predators got two points in, you know, even the Chicago game, you know, where the Predators just beat Chicago, a team that is at the bottom of the league. There was still a wake up call in that Chicago game. You can't play like this for stretches and walk away with a win. And here we are. So yeah, this was, this was a tough loss. This was a very tough loss. And I think it's one of the most concerning losses that the Predators have had this season for a couple of reasons. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get into those, but this, this is a huge red flag loss, I think for this team. Yeah. Uh, and possibly, although he did play better in the second period, maybe cause for concern about UC Saros uh, a little bit. Again, yeah. this was not all of his fault. But True. this was the third time since December 19th that he's been pulled and he's in the middle of a bad stretch right now. How concerned should we be about that? We'll talk about that coming up in just one second. First, though, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Folks, NFL playoffs right around the corner. If you're a Titans fan, yeah, it doesn't matter. But you can still jump into the betting action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money bet. That's right. All you have to do is put $5 down. and You can get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And it's all in an app that is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. You can bet on live same-game parlays. You can search for specific player bets in the new Explore tab. Or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And, of course, you can bet on all the traditional stuff like player props, how many passing yards uh, is Will Levis slash Ryan Tannehill 
whatever the Titans quarterback situation is at this point will have. How many rushing yards will Derrick Henry have? You can also bet on the spreads and the over-unders during the game. So check out what FanDuel has to offer right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a kick right through the uprights. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, and Predators lose 6-3 to the Calgary Flames last night. UC Saros was pulled in the second intermission. Um, let's talk about this because let's look at UC Saros's last little run. It was the yeah. fifth time uh, that he's been pulled from a game this season, mm-hmm. third since December 19th. Uh, it is also the third time in four games he's allowed five goals which is a little bit concerning. The only caveat in that was the shutout against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, four, and one in his last seven starts with an 859 save percentage. Yeah. And what do we think of where UC Soros is at right now? It's a little bit hard to say. I think you would be, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Because this is uh, concerning. If you look at UC Saros's stats so far this season, he's got a 901 save percentage. That's the lowest save percentage that he's had for a, a season since he played his very first game in 2015-16, the only game he played that season. So this is not a great start. You know, the same thing with his goals against average. It's three, I think it's 301, which is the highest that it's ever been for him. I know that we're midway through the season. I know that he tends to heat up, but at this point, usually we see the heat up, you know? And so it's a, I think it's a little bit concerning. There are factors that you have to factor in. Obviously, you know, you look at last night's game defensively, it was trash. You know, I mean, he really was hung out to dry in a lot of ways, but those are also some saves that we see Soros make. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, no, he shouldn't be put in those situations, but we have seen UC Soros in those situations where he makes those saves. So there is a little bit of concern about it. My question for you, you know, you talked about he's been pulled three times, you know, just in recently five times on the season. We know that Soros does better with consistency. You know, he has struggled since he came back from the Christmas break. How do you balance he does, you know, he needs to be in there and play with you've got to get you, you've got to get the wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right now at this point in the season, this is a tough time for Soros to be struggling. So, you know, you, you got to weigh it out. I mean, if we're talking about getting Kevin Lincoln in more time, mm-hmm. there's a major issue there. Like there's a major major issue uh, for the Nashville Predators as a franchise if we're talking about getting UC Soros fewer minutes. Um, I I think you hit kind of the biggest nail on the head with this conversation is, yes, it's not all on UC Soros. Right. But the big thing with UC Soros over the years has been that he's won games like this or that he's kept the Predators in games like this. So when you look at, you know, some of his recent play and you're pointing to, well, you know, they had a rough stretch in the second period and kind of left Saros out to dry. 
the big thing that makes Saros a franchise goaltender is he's had performances like that where the team in front of him has been garbage and he's stolen wins. He's led the Predators to wins. And I think that is happening fewer times this season. He had that one really good stretch in November uh, where I think he was one of the NHL's three stars of the month. But then it's just, it seems like the rest of the season has kind of been, you know, average goaltending from UC Saros. And that's a problem. Now, you know, if UC Saros is average, then, you know, he's average. But the Preds need him to be phenomenal. The Preds need him to be a game stealer if they want to kind of eat through this transition into the new era. So, yeah. It is a little bit concerning uh, from my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's, I mean, you know, again, like it's, it's, again, you, it's not all on Soros, but you have to expect Soros to maybe steal some of these. When it, so much of it is about expectation because like we've talked about Soros is the guy that steals games, you know, there have been stretches, there have been seasons where the Predators have not played well in front of him. And like you said, he has stolen games. So that's kind of the expectation that you go into this year with, you go into this reset with. Now, there are going to be bumps in the road. The defense plays very differently in front of him. He's got to adjust to that kind of thing. But ultimately, you know you're going to get back to that guy who's going to help steal games, which is the goaltender you need in a reset, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's the goaltending that Barry Trotz has counted on as he moves forward with these next two, three, four seasons. And I don't think that this Flames game is going to be indicative of every performance of UC Soros from here out by any stretch of the imagination. But I also don't know that we have seen the game-stealing UC Soros games as consistently either this year. So it changes right. a lot. It doesn't It doesn't just sort of change what happens to the team this season. Do they make the wild card? Do they not make the wild card? It also sort of changes, if this doesn't turn around, what is the timeline for the Nashville Predators to really be back to contention? Because UC Soros is the cornerstone of this team getting back to contention quickly. 100%. And we mentioned that before the season. Look, if the Predators wanted any shot of sort of being in the mix, they were going to need Soros to pull them through games like this. And look, I know we we heard from Andrew Renette after the game, the quote he used was, it's not on him. It's on basically, he said it's on the group. The group did not come to play tonight. And I get that. Like, I I totally get that logic. And and he's right. Like, the team in front of him left him out high and dry. But, you know, you got to make a save on a backhand right in front of the slot, you know, on on an odd man rush. You know, you got to track – you know, you know, a shot better if it's coming from the point. Like I, I, I get that, but some of those plays from Saros, some of those goals that we saw last night, we've seen them be near routine saves from him, right? In the past seasons, or even earlier this season when he had that big run in November, uh, and I think that is the biggest takeaway for this. I think. Go ahead. 
The other interesting thing that Andrew Burnett said, and it was just kind of said as a part of another conversation, but I do want to kind of touch on it. He said in talking about Soros being pulled, the decision to pull him. And he, like you said, he was very clear, like this was kind of on the group, but he also yeah. said, we'll make a decision about Saturday. That was part of why Kevin Lankinen went in was, you know, Lankinen's been sick. He has not gotten a lot of action. Let's see him and that will make a decision about Saturday. They're playing the Dallas Stars on Saturday and you're thinking about which goaltender you're going to start. And it's yeah. not back to back. Yeah. Interesting. That's not good. Interesting. Not good. Yeah. Interesting is certainly a word. Yeah. Uh, another big moment from this game last night was Phil Tomasino uh, ejected, uh, given a match penalty for what was deemed a slew foot. What do we think about that play? Plus thoughts on Philip Forsberg being a name to the all-star team for the first time uh, since the big old Honda Accord giveaway years, years ago. Uh, both those topics coming up in just a sec. So regardless of where the Nashville Predators are in the current standings, want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. It's the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports. It's especially fun for Daily Fantasy Hockey, my friends, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether players will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, shots on goals, so many other stats. For instance, tonight, will Connor Bedard record more or less than two and a half shots on goal? What about our good friend Nino Niederreiter? Is he going to record more or less than two and a half shots on goal? Will Brett Burns have more or less than 0.5 power play points? We've seen him do more, I remember. To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Preds fan. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Go to Sleeper and download uh, download the Sleeper app. Use our promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. All right, Ann, uh, another big moment from the game last night was Phil Tomasino in the third period given a match penalty uh, for a slew foot on Gilbert from the Flames. Uh, Gilbert took a nasty fall uh, onto the ice. First off, uh, hope he's okay. Uh, he was down on the ice for, for quite some time. Uh, so hope he's doing well because that did not look good. The hit itself, Ann, I've looked at this many, many times, and this is this goes back to probably our prior rants against NHL players' safety. It, it's it's like it's so much inconsistency. First off, the hit itself, calling that a slew foot, a major, major stretch. Um, this was not a slew foot. If you look at this play. And I know that you can send me a screenshot on Twitter and tell me it's evidently a slew foot, but you can't screenshot and call something a play. Let's be clear. But if you look, there's no follow through. He pulls his leg back. It really, they got tangled up. Horrible. It was a horrible, horrible um, incident. 
like, you know, like Nick said, you know, really hope that Gilbert is okay. Hate to see that. Yeah. Um, I think that this was called what it was called. Um, well, I don't know why it was called a slew foot. I think it was called a match penalty for a couple, for a, for a different reason. I think that that was probably called a pretty significant penalty because the game was going to get out of control. Uh, Phil Tomasino was going to get his clock cleaned uh, because yeah. that's just how the Flames players felt about it. And I think that this was a game management penalty as much as it was a, hey, Phil Tomasino, you dirty player, you slew footer, you. Yeah. I'm looking at the replay now, and yeah. it, it's like the leg isn't Mm-mm. like he is. Like he doesn't he's sweep leading, the leg. Leading with the shoulder, Gilbert is leaning back into him. And yeah, like the leg makes contact with the back of um with the back of Gilbert's leg and he falls backwards, but that's it. That doesn't mean it's a slew foot. That means you're going for by other plays that we've seen in the NHL. Come on. We that shouldn't be called a slew foot. If you're going based on what intent was and sort of like the like these how the play started versus players putting themselves in position, that shouldn't be a slew foot. It just no. shouldn't be. Because, okay, if we're going to play that game, let's go back to the Carl Kaprizov hit where people are, you know, he made contact with Alexander Carrier's head. Right. And so if that's it, then that should be a headshot. That should be an ejection for Carl Kaprizov, right? Right. But no, the, the explanation we got was, well, it was Kaprizov going for a hit and Carrier sort of leaned in and you know, it just happened to, to be, you know, head contact there, but it was incidental. This should be the same thing. Like, am I the only one in the league that sees this? I have seen plays much worse than that. Much worse. Less than three over the past two months that have resulted in injuries. So you can't say it's just because of the injury that weren't called or were called a minor or did not get supplemental discipline. What are we doing? In the NHL, why is this so inconsistent? It's it is really tough, and it's really tough because they make it a match penalty, which implies intent to injure. Now, let me tell you some things about Phil Tomasino. Phil Tomasino is not a, a player who is out headhunting. He is not a player out looking to start anything. He's not a player out looking to drop the gloves. Like this is just not. Uh, that's not who this player is. I will, and again, let me reiterate, hate that this happened. You know, everybody in the NHL hates the result of this was Gilbert being injured, you know, and the first priority is, is he healthy? Is he going to be okay? That is what is most important. And I understand the NHL wants to get injuries like this out of hockey, but that doesn't make it what you called it. It just doesn't make it what you called it. And I agree with you. You look at that Kaprizov hit, nothing. That wasn't, you know, that was, that would, it, you know, it, there is inconsistency in the league. And I think that we've seen it. And it's not just a Nashville Predators thing. I think we've seen it in a number of things across the league with a number of different teams, a lot of different players. And I feel like at some point, the NHL really has to sit down and clean this up. You know, it's not going to happen until the offseason, probably. 
But this is the kind of thing that the NHL as a league, you have got to get better about. This is, this is the, uh, this is the, the past interference of the NHL. This is the, um, you know, hurting the quarterback kind of thing, like clean it up, figure it out and call it correctly. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you hundred percent on there. Uh, let's go to some happy news. And that is that Phil Forsberg is going to represent the Predators in the All-Star game. Um, yeah, I mean, right call. And yeah. I think maybe the only thing I can think of was, oh, maybe they'll go Roman Yossi because he's there's not a, enough defenders in the Central Division that, that are deserving. Um, yeah, like it's – yeah. Yeah, I could also make yeah, – That's not much to add there. It's the right call. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I do. I agree with you. I think Philip Forsberg is the right call. I think he has been fantastic. This system really suits him. I think his line mates really suit him. He's also just a freaking good player. Philip Forsberg is just an outrageously good uh, hockey player. So it does make sense. I would say I could make a case for Ryan O'Reilly just because he is that good. And I also think Ryan O'Reilly just big picture intangibles really makes this Nashville Predators team so much better than they would have been during a rebuild. Um, But yeah, I mean, Philip Forsberg, you look at his stats, you look at what he can do, you look at how, you know, he sort of carries the team offensively in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, it's Philip Forsberg and good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's been the best player on the Nashville mm-hmm. Predators by far. I would say the Predators most valuable player this year. You look at it last night, Predators needed a big goal uh, in that first period to, to kind of turn the tide around. And he's the one that got it. Um, and, and he's been doing that um, all season. Yeah. Also a very good batch of all-stars this it year. really is. NHL. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. Uh, we're going to, wait and see and you know maybe some players want to be in it and some don't kind of thing that we see in years past Uh, so it looks like across the board uh best and the best uh you know seeing uh connor bedard on the same ice as Sidney crosby is going to be fun um so yeah this is uh this is going to be a fun uh, all-star weekend for sure how competitive Uh, do you think philip forsberg is going to be in the million dollar gig I mean, he won that you were talking about. He won a Honda Accord the last time he went. You think he's going to come home with a million bucks? Why not? Is there a mustache contest that's part of it? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Just or, or, or electric moped or whatever he had in that one shot. Yeah. If there's like a, a moped he's, obstacle course, I think he's, I think he's got this. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch him compete. He's going to be yeah. great. Uh, Predators take on the Dallas Stars this weekend, as Anne alluded to. Uh, we'll have some plus minus from that game. Uh, and uh, yeah, other stuff coming up next week on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on social media at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com or on social media at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.